that so great to be able to celebrate with 274 people? That is so wonderful. And to see the joy on the faces and just that, yes, as they just experience the new life in Jesus in just one more way. It was so great to watch. Randy and I were sad to miss it last weekend, but we were in Tulsa celebrating something different for our family, which is that our son Andrew graduated from Oral Roberts University last weekend, and we were there to celebrate. And so that was a great time for our family as well. So happy Mother's Day. I want to say that again to everybody. But I just want to pause before we jump into the message just to acknowledge and just speak to one thing. And that's for some people, Mother's Day is kind of hard. It's great. We love our moms. We've got lots of great stories. Of course, we're grateful for mothers. But for some of us today, maybe this is your first Mother's Day without her. Or maybe it's your 10th and you still are feeling it deeply. Or maybe you're a mom who's estranged from your children. You don't have the relationship you're hoping for. Or maybe you're a child who always wanted your relationship with your mother to be a little bit different. Or maybe like me, you would sit on a Mother's Day and Sunday, on Sunday Mother's Day and just feel that ache as you waited and longed for children yourself, as I did through those years of infertility. So for some people, we know that we, of course, we celebrate and our hearts are open and grateful and happy, and yet there can be a little bit of an ouch at the same time, right? So if any of those things apply to you, if you're a mother in waiting, that whether you're waiting to be married or you're waiting because it just hasn't happened yet, would you just lay your hand on your belly? And for those that feel it elsewhere, would you just lay your hand on your heart? And let's just pray for these things and ask for the Holy Spirit to be with us today. Father, we thank you that you tell us in your word in Psalm 147 that you heal the wounds of a shattered heart, that you're close to the brokenhearted. So Father, we are grateful today for our mothers, for the role that they've played in our lives. And for some of us today, there's an ouch associated with Mother's Day. And we just bring that to you right now in Jesus' name. Father, for those that are grieving the loss of their mother, Lord, that are grieving because the relationships aren't what they hope it to be. Father, maybe there's tension, Father God. Lord, we pray that you would bring peace, that you'd bring hope, that you'd bring healing. That God, that you would bring like a healing balm to those hearts. And Father, we pray for the mothers that are waiting, waiting for spouses and waiting for children. Father God, would you touch their heart in the confusion of that time? And Father, we pray for the married mothers waiting, Lord God, that you would touch their wombs in Jesus' name. The Father, that where there are physical issues, that they would be healed in the name of Jesus. Where there's any kind of spiritual resistance, we pray in the name of Jesus that those things would be torn down. And God, we pray for the hearts of every woman Lord God, that they would know you more and more intimately as their loving Heavenly Father today in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, we're in our series called Church Face, and really the bottom line of Church Face is just that the insides and the outsides of our life line up, that the identity that we carry as believers would shine and that would be the place that we would live from and that we wouldn't be walking trying to cover up you know, problems or weaknesses or struggles, but rather that we would also be able to be honest about those things, that we would be able to live from a place of identity, to live from our identity instead of living trying to gain an identity or grasp or shape it, that the insides of our lives and the outsides would be match so we wouldn't have a facade. We wouldn't have to fake it till we make it. We wouldn't have to do any of those things, but rather we would show up in honesty and authenticity about who we are. But especially that who God has made us to be on the inside would be able to shine and that's where we would live from. I know that I want to continue to grow in that. How about you? In our society, we have an increasing sense of not enoughness, right? 
Everywhere we turn, there's messages about how to do this better or how to do this more. Or, you know, it's like, I, I like social media, but, you know, sometimes I can, you can get under it as you look at everybody's doing everything better <laughs> than me. <laughs> and so it can kind of have this sense of this continuous need for self-improvement can sometimes just get on you, right? Where it's like, gosh, I just, I just feel like it never quite enough. And that can produce just kind of striving and pressure. And that can be what tempts us to then try to just please people or kind of run around trying to please God, trying to prove ourselves to something or someone, or to pretend that we are what we're not. But those very things are the things that the Lord comes to us and through this series as well, reminding us we don't need to do any of that. Because God says, you're my child. You've been adopted into my family. You are wanted, you are loved, you have my approval, you have my affirmation, you are divinely designed in my image. I want you to be here. That God again reminds us that he wants us to receive his love, not work to achieve his love, amen? So today we're gonna go one step further, and that is to remind us and to learn how to get it from here to here, to understand that we are free. We have been set free by the blood of Jesus. We don't have to walk in comparison, we don't have to walk in competition, and we don't have to walk in condemnation. But we are free. But how many of you know that the journey from knowing something to knowing something can be sometimes a long trip, right? I know it has been for me in some ways. We can be free to live in who God has made and called us to be free from comparison, free from competition, and free from condemnation. Why is it so important that we understand, A, that we are free, and then secondly, understand how do we walk free? Because as we mentioned already, we all kind of have a list of expectations from which we live. Some are from others and some are from ourselves. And we can unintentionally then begin to frame up the value or the successfulness of our lives based on those expectations and standards of measurement that we have embraced in one way or the other those set of core beliefs and values, things that tell us that we're good or not. A frame is just another way of saying a perspective. It's a way of looking at something. And so we live with a lot of pressure right now to be the best at whatever. I mean, how many of you know who was second place in the World Series five years ago? Uh, nobody. <laughs> well, if you can, I'm really impressed, but you know. <laughs> Most of us don't remember because we live in a society that really values number one. Maybe not number two and three, I mean the good, but really it's about being the best, right? <laughs> we wanna be the best mom and the best dad and the best spouse, the best athlete, and that's always what we're striving after. There's very few that are saying, hey, when I grow up, I just wanna be average. <laughs> My great aspiration is to be average. But yet there's actually something kinda healthy about that. <laughs> but meanwhile, we have this pressure to just excel and be the best at everything. But Paul speaks to us here in Romans 12 too, and he says this, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So a few things we can see here is Paul saying, hey, don't let your life become just a reflection of everybody else's opinion of who you ought to be culturally or your family or anybody. Don't just live as a reflection of what other people want. Don't let outside pressure create who you are, but rather let the Spirit of God transform you by changing your frame, changing how you think, changing how you see things and what you value. And the promise at the end of that verse 
Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is individual, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now it's easy to read that verse and think, well, that means good and pleasing to perfect to God, and that's true. But here's the thing, when we discover and we begin to partner with the Holy Spirit and to be able to learn what is God's will for us, we discover that it's good to us and it's pleasing to us and it's perfect for us. That's good news. So I personally, I did a lot of this unintentional framing. I've, I've known the Lord for most of my life. I got saved when I was really, really young. But I didn't realize until probably, let's see, 20 years ago, because Lindsay was a baby, and I was bringing a devotional to our small group. I was just part of the small group, and it was kind of my turn to bring something encouraging. I don't remember what in the world it was about, except for that it had to do with expectations. But I do remember this, that as part of what I was preparing for that, I felt just kind of impressed to kind of, as an example, to kind of write down the things that I had come to expect of myself. And so as I'm doing this, I started off with, you know, I want to be a good Christian, I want to love God well, I want to be a great wife, I want to be a great mom, and it was just kind of that general high-level stuff. And then I just felt prompted of the Lord to just kind of go a little deeper, like, okay, well, seriously, what does that mean? Well, I want to be organized, I want to be really resourceful, I want to be just kind of always have a spirit-filled environment in my home, I want to be strategic about things, I want to instill, I mean, so it got a little bit deeper. And then I felt impressed of the Lord to go, no, just a little bit more specific. And with each layer of a little bit more specific, I just kept writing and writing and writing. And this list, I think it was five pages long by the time I was done. And at one point it became like that, that painful laughable where you're like, this is funny, but it's not funny because it was actually for real what I expected of myself. Somehow in my mind, I had created this massive uh, picture of all the things that I thought were great or that somebody else had thought was great or what the world was telling me was great. And I painted this picture of a person that cannot exist. And yet in my mind, I really was trying to frame the success and failure of my life based on this imaginary person that nobody's ever met. <laughs> so when I would pick up the mirror, there were many, many voices talking to me. Just as when I see you and I can see a reflection and I could see the reflection and hear the voices of all the people that had spoken into who I should be, what I should do, what I should value, what my life should look like. So when I looked in the mirror, I heard parents and teachers and bosses and friends and society. And of course, this is 20 years ago, which, mean I, which means I heard TV. I heard Martha Stewart pretty loudly in my ear. I heard of baby, the book Baby Wise was also speaking to me pretty strongly. Anybody know what Baby Wise is? Yeah, it basically tells you how to be a perfect parent. I, I don't recommend it anymore. <laughs> uh, the leadership experts were talking to me. Shape Magazine was talking to me. The South Beach Diet was talking to me. I mean, when I would look in the mirror, there's all these voices that compiled to become one voice that was my voice of who I should be. Man, it was a little bit difficult, these idealistic standards. And we all have that tendency to do it. At some point, we think it's just us, but if we really evaluate and look in that mirror, and here's my question for you today. When you look in the mirror, and you're kind of assessing yourself or measuring yourself or kind of figuring out where you're at, whose voices have all converged to speak to you? to tell you about you and your value and your worth? Is it bosses and teachers? Is it the failures of your past, the successes of your past? 
Is it what a friend said? Is it your likes or your follower count? Is it your position or your diplomas or your promotions or your education? What are the voices that are in your mirror? Is your life framed around your own thoughts or other people's thoughts of who you should be and what that should look like? Or is your life framed around living free in who God has called you to be? Because here's the thing about these frames. You can't have two. <laughs> it's an either or situation. I am either framing up my self-assessment through my thoughts and ideas that have come together through all the years, or I am framing up my assessment based on what God says to me. But I can't do both. So it is a replacement. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We are God's masterpiece. And this word masterpiece in the original language is poema. It literally means like poem or poetry. It's indicative of an artistic, beautiful creation. You and I are God's artistic, beautiful work of art, his creation. No two of us are the same. But see, many times all we can see is not a masterpiece but a reflection of our past and the voices. But God wants us to stop looking at these things as the standards of our measurement and instead to look at ourselves through his frame of what he sees and what he created and what he thinks. Because when he looks at you and he looks at me, he doesn't look in here and see all of our flaws magnified like in a mirror. Rather, he sees, we can see the beauty that he's placed within us. We can see the different ways that he's implanted and imparted the glory of God on the inside of you in order that he can pull that out and to show himself off through all the world. And here's the thing about masterpieces. A few things make them really valuable. 